22 minutes after 11, you're listening to Morning Talk on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My guest is Ms. Dotsi Mamela, and we're talking about the differences between the youth of 1976 with the youth of today and taking your calls as well on 0891104207. You can send an SMS to 34701 and we'll read it out on air. We'd like your voice in this conversation as well. Ms. Dotsi, before the break, I was talking about how we ought to be inculcating that culture of hard work with young people today? I think it starts at home because we can't expect the teachers out there to take the responsibility of making our children work hard when we haven't taught them about hard work at home. And I know that sometimes as parents, we always take it that I don't want my children to go through what I went through Mm. and we do too much for them. Mm. And that becomes yet another challenge. So we always need to guard against that as parents to make sure that we make them take responsibility and know that they they have responsibilities in, in terms of chores that they need to do, but also in terms of making sure that when it's time to work in terms of them focusing on their schoolwork, them understanding that reading is important, them understanding that, you know, knowing your timetables if you are a young kid, is important because once you know your timetables, it therefore means that you will not battle with maths because that be, that becomes the basis mm. of being able to understand your numbers. But also that it's not all the time that we as parents may necessarily be available to help the kids, mm. our children, because some of us work. Not all parents are able to help the kid, their children in terms of getting additional work or additional support. But it therefore means that you can go to others that know more than you know in your class, in the next class, for you to make sure that you can understand better than than you actually do. I mean, when one looks back at the disadvantages that we had, I mean, when I look back, my mother was a domestic worker. Mm. She used to come home at nine, half past nine at night. I, I, I couldn't stand back and say, well, Uma is not here. Therefore, I can uh, sit back and not do what I'm supposed to do. I needed, as a young young girl in the family, mm. to make sure that I help the the ones that are younger than me at home to make sure that they can they they, they are washed by the time my mother gets home. I've cooked the porridge by the time she gets home, so that when she does whatever else she needs to 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 do, that have done the basics. Ubondi li papa, ubondi li papa, from from the age of ten o'clock, ten, mm. I knew Guti irresponsibility. I'm Guti Papa Bondi, Umamamaga figure at least the porridge is on, on the stove. Yes. And that's what we need to inculcate. But it again starts with us at all. It does. And do you think that um, oftentimes we as parents actually abdicate our responsibilities and rely too much on the education system and on the teachers to raise our children and do essentially what we should be doing? I think the teachers have got their own role because I think there's also other challenges that come with the, the, the culture of teaching today and the responsibility that teachers have and their their understanding of what, what their responsibility is. And I don't want to generalize. I think many teachers are really doing an awesome job out there in terms of making sure that they do their part. I think the other challenges that we have is that in some instances, because of some of the challenges that the teachers have, because teachers are, are a group of people that are not poor enough, but not rich enough. Therefore, they 
they have a whole lot of challenges because if you are a teacher, you want to get educated or you want to educate your kids. It therefore means that you need to do it yourself. You can't go to NSFAS and, and go and get a NSFAS loan. If you want a house and you need, you can't get an RDP house. Mm. So you find that they are sort of in your in in your middle mm. uh, uh, in terms of their grouping. So they come with a lot of challenges, and I think that also creates a lot of dramas that makes them angry, that makes them have more challenges, that makes them forget sometimes, not all of them, but some forget what their responsibility is. And and I must say that I find it exciting that many teachers are continuing to upgrade their own skills but sometimes that comes with a lot of challenges am i in class to teach or am i in class to be making sure that i do my assignment so that i can pass and how do i balance the two because when i'm in class i have a responsibility to make sure that i'm there to teach yes but at the same time they want to upgrade their skills they want to be able to impact better in the in the, the lives of their families but still the lives of their children so they have a whole lot of challenges and it's easy for us to sit outside and judge about what happens or doesn't happen and i think the key is for us wherever we are to see what we can do to help not only our kids but to talk, help the teaching profession because at the end of the day we benefit all of us once the teachers know what they need to do and they've got the skills they've got the support then all of us benefit just to go back to what 1976 was really all about um the fact that black students were were, were deeply resentful of having afrikaans as a medium of instruction because they saw afrikaans as the language of the oppressor what is that one thing that you would think today's you you would say today's youth regards as uh, the oppressor I, I wouldn't know i suppose being where i am i wouldn't know what they regard as the oppressor but i think the one thing that they find mostly challenging is the fact that they don't always have what they want they may not have the technology that they require because technology as a young person of today is very important and it's not just the cell phone but it's being able to get to the internet and be able to do your research uh, for you to be able to find the information that you require the information is there but if i don't have data i don't have data and if i don't have which which becomes a bit of a challenge because sometimes you find that young kids can get information online using the cell phone and if i don't have airtime i don't have data for me to be able to find the information that i require i think that they find the most i, I find that with my kids they find it the most frustrating if i don't have airtime and i don't have access to wifi or i don't have data it's like they can't function <laughs> which <laughs> and, and it could get worse trust me exactly i know that it could get worse but i think sometimes young kids get frustrated by things that are really uh, they sort the small stuff absolutely they really do sort the mm. small stuff and just thinking about it and and making comparisons between the two generations there was a sense of unity amongst schools back in the 70s um because you know i mean june the 16th really started off at orlando high mm. but it spread to the other schools because there was that unity amongst uh, amongst young mm. people which may or may not be there today your thoughts i i think the 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 challenge that the youth of t- today is having 
a common cause. We had a common cause. Mm. We had what we called the common enemy. Absolutely. And and for us, it was, I mean, I remember having to do mathematics with Africans, having to do history in Africans. After having studied... Aardrijkskunde and wiskunde. And wiskunde. Having studied from lower grades in Zulu, and now suddenly I have to study half my subjects in Afrikaans and half in English. And English was what we had used as soon as you got to higher grades. It was very hard. I mean, I remember once we had to write um, uh, the reasons for the French Revolution in history. I mean, I ended up having to memorize the stuff because I just couldn't understand it. Mm. And what was worse, even our teachers didn't understand mm. it, which made it a double whammy because they didn't understand how to teach us in Africans, how to teach a maths in Africans, and we we were even worse off because we just didn't understand what we regard as as the language of the oppressor. And, and, and it was hard. It was very hard. Mm. Our guest is Ms. Dotsi Mamela, and uh, we're reminiscing about days gone by and drawing comparisons between that generation and today's generation. Do call us if you'd like to share your thoughts, or you can SMS on 34701. Some SMSs now, 34701 is the SMS line. We have a huge budget for education, but the corrupt tender system takes more money meant for school resources as a result, we end up with minimum support material. Educators are not prepared to teach because of curriculum changes. The failed merger of universities resulted in experienced academics leaving those institutions to work in the untouchable institutions like WITS, UCT, UP, Stellenbosch and Rhodes. That's from Ngosi P in Peter Maritzburg. Your thoughts on what Ngosi P writes? Uh, I hear what Ngozi P says about the impact of the measure. But when I look at what some of the universities have done with the measure, they've made a success of it. UJ being a point, a, a case in point? A, UJ being a case in point, I mean, it's less than 10 years, but they've achieved a lot. I mean, they have the second, they are the second recognized brand in the country. And they and, and, and I was sitting the other day, I was talking to one of the lecturers that says that was saying to me, it was very hard for us to decide, to, to, to understand that we have to go to the Soweto campus and work from that campus as the Department of Education, because as the Faculty of Education. But over the years, we love being there and we have a school, therefore we don't only have to teach the students the content, but they can experience, they can have experiential learning because they've got uh, uh, students that they can actually practice with mm. and not wait until they've completed their degree. So, and I'm not saying it hasn't been hard f- for some universities because in some instances you took a poor, in- a poor university and merged it with another poor technology, a, 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 what you call a technology institution. And it, it, it just has continued to become to become difficult. So we can't generalize and say that has that is what has created problems for us because there's some places that have been successful. There are some good lecturers that have stayed in those universities despite the challenges that it came with. It meant working twice as hard, but mm. it dep- that's what is supposed to be your journey as a person that is giving back to young people. And you choose to be a lecturer because you choose to teach because you want to give back. Mm, okay. Youth of 76 had conscious 
Ness, that boundary education was a part of an unjust, oppressive, racist system. So questions about the current system must be asked, says uh, TK. I do not think the challenge is different when we still have one kind of education for the poor and the other for the rich, writes Daniel. And you're in agreement with Daniel? Mm-hmm. I, I think we, we said earlier on that during those days we had students that were studying under trees. Mm. And for me, it really breaks my heart that to date, we still have not been able to resolve that. Much as we talk about housing and we say we want to get rid of squatter settlements, but for me, if we can ensure, if all of us in the education space can make sure that there's no child that goes to class without a book, that there's no child that studies under a tree, there's no child that I mean, I, I, I was thinking about it the, uh, last week when it was very cold, mm. and I thought there's children that actually go to class where there's no windows, and I think if each and every one of us in the space of education we can do make sure that whatever our responsibility is, whatever our job is, we do our job and we do it to the best way we can. Another SMS. Our education system needs a huge overhaul. We need to develop more critical thinkers, not this memorization and regurgitation that is rampant in our current system. To quote Einstein, education is not the learning of facts, but the training of the mind Mm. to think. And it is a miracle that curiosity survives formal education. Kenneth in Cape Town, very well put. Uh, there are marvelous South African African writers in public libraries. Join and read. I've always read to get through hardships from Estelle uh, in KZN. And reading is the best way to, you know, I, I find that kids today escape by watching TV. The best escape I had as a young kid coming from a poor family was in books because you you create your own movie in your head exactly it is so (laughs) exciting Mm. i mean even today when i really want to relax like on a cold day like this is to snuggle up with a book it's the best gift you can give yourself absolutely absolutely all right so as a former activist how active were you how were you involved on the morning of the 16th of june 1976 uh, 38 years ago where were you were you part of the planning process were you part of where were you tell us your story i was i was unfortunate not to be part of the initial planning process our school i was in deep Kloof. i suppose deep Kloof was in in the outer part of the of 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 so town. <laughs> We only got. Don't claim to live in Soweto. <laughs> Dukluf is in town. We got involved post June 16, mm-hmm. uh, and I was uh, one of the leaders that was selected by the student body to represent them in the SRC, in the Soweto Representative Council. And I, uh, I mean, I, I look back now, I'm like, my goodness, it's been such a long time. Uh, I worked with people like Dan Munsisi. I, I worked very closely with him. Uh, I, I, I didn't have the privilege of working with them. Um, with Tietzi Mashinini, who was really an ardent reader, uh, and awesome. He was a fine man <laughs> during those times when we were growing up. It's what, mm. what, what you would today call a fine man. Yeah. But I worked uh, during the time of Khotso Siaklul, because mm. by then, by the time I joined, Tietzi had already left. Uh, so I, I worked in, during the time of that leadership of, of, uh, of Khotso Siaklul. And we galvanized uh, the students, for example, not to write 
1976 not to write exams, which was very hard for my parents to understand why I chose not to write because we were poor and the only thing that could get me out of poverty was, was to make education. sure was education. How do I make that choice not to write exams as a way of protesting? And my mother would say, is there no better way? I'm like, there's no other way. This is the only way in terms of where we are now. There's no way we can condone this because once we continue to write the exams, it means we're accepting the status quo. So I was part of the SRC and then I later left the country in 1977 and and went to Swaziland to join the underground. And it was quite exciting when we met there as young people and we're all trying to decide which movement to join Mm. and uh, you want to join the ANC, the PAC, the Black Consciousness Movement and sitting in the library reading about all the different movements that we didn't have the opportunity to read about openly when we were at home. And, and other people decided I want to go to school. Others I want to go and liberate our country using the barrel of the gun. And uh, some of us were privileged because we chose to do both. Mm. To say I'll work in the underground but at the same time I will also make sure that I go to school. And Hence, I feel continually blessed every day that I was able to do both because when I look back now and see and see some of the comrades that really fought, fought very hard to get us to where we are today, but mm. because they did not have the education, they battled more than some of mm. us that actually had both. And it's, it's, it's really an honor and privilege to be able to continue to serve to serve students, to serve young people, because I do that. I work and we'll talk people. about that uh, a part of your work because you're the CEO of Edge Alone as well. I'd like to know more about that. But before I take a break, I'm really excited that you said for, ex- for, for example, as opposed to for an example. <laughs> I was beginning to think that, uh, you know, what's wrong with me? Because everybody seems to say, for for an example, for an example. Anyway, I'm happy that, uh, yeah, for example, it's 20 minutes to 12 and we'll be back.